This podcast is brought to you by the College of Nursing at Brigham Young University. For more information about its programs, faculty, students, or alumni events, please visit nursing.byu.edu. Today we're going to have a quote-unquote real talk. I would be willing to bet that most of you would agree with me when I say the most emotionally and physically taxing jobs often lead to the most fulfilling outcomes. Everyone knows how intense it can be working in the ICU, but how could it be as equally fulfilling? Hey guys, I'm Adia Hansen. And I'm Corbin Smith. Together we are going to explore the nursing profession with exclusive interviews for nurses working in jobs you want to know about. Transferring info from one nurse to another. This is the College Handoff. What's up, guys? This week, we're back with another episode. It's going to be super great. First, we're going to talk to Joanna Osler. She's a recent BYU grad who currently works in the pediatric cardiac ICU and is also a leader in the hospital that she works at. She's going to share with us how hard it can be to work in the ICU with kids, but also how it can be so fulfilling at the same time. Then we're going to finish up the show today talking to Nancy Gibbs, who's a public health nurse. We're going to have a special host today interviewing her, which is super exciting. And she's going to talk about how public health may not be what you think it is. Awesome. So we have Joanna here now. Joanna, are you are you with me? I am. Hi. Awesome. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So Joanna, she is a recent graduate, just graduated last April, actually. And she's now working up in Salt Lake City, but I'll let her explain a little bit more where she's working and what she does. Joanna, could you introduce yourself a little bit for us? Definitely. So like um, like Corbin mentioned, my name is Joanna Osler. I work in the pediatric ICU and the pediatric cardiac ICU up at Primary Children's Hospital in Salt Lake City. I, um, like you mentioned, I graduated in April. And since then, I started as a new grad in the ICU. And within six months, um, ended up with a leadership position in the ICU there. So I now also hold the title of pediatric, where the PICU practice shared leader. So let's transition and talk a little bit about your work in the pediatric ICU. How did you end up there? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, going to nursing school, and even before I even applied to nursing school, I kind of had this idea that I would love the ICU environment. I knew I wanted to get um, have my clinicals there so I could have that be confirmed, but really I always knew I wanted to be in the ICU. And when I was um, back before I became a went to nursing school, I actually became a medical assistant in high school and graduated with my medical assisting certificate. And with that experience, I worked a lot in pediatrics and I realized that kids are actually super awesome. Um, so kids are really awesome in terms of their diaper sizes are smaller. They're, they're just a lot more happy as a patient. And in general, there's just a lot more hope in pediatrics than I feel like there is when I work with adults in the adult population. So to me, it was kind of like, I knew I loved critical care. I knew pediatrics was maybe my preferred field, but I would, as long as I got into an ICU, I knew I'd be happy. And then I actually ended up capstoning in a pediatric ICU, which was perfect. So 
um, by being able to capstone in the pediatric ICU. They gave me first preference when I went to interview and I've been there ever since. Awesome. And what has been your experience with stressed out and scared parents that bring their children into the ICU, not sure what's going to happen, not sure how their kids are going to come out of it. What have you learned when it comes to education for those parents and de-stressing those parents? How do you help them? You know, those are some great questions. I wish I had the perfect answer for you, but I feel like the best answer I can give is it's very, very much patient and family dependent. Really one of the best parts that you can do when you're a nurse is look at your patient and look at the family. What do they need? So many times they're coming from a place of, my kid was normal and healthy two minutes ago and we got in a car accident and now they'll never be the same again. We don't even know if they're gonna survive. So you really just have to have compassion for your families. Remember where they're coming from. Nine times out of 10 in my experience, sometimes you have a fabulous family that are just, they recognize that this is a tough situation and they kind of, they let you help them. And then you have the families where they're just angry and they will yell at whoever they can yell at because their control has been taken away from them. So you really have to be understanding as a nurse, recognize that you're the middleman. You're gonna be um, the person that gets yelled at the most but you're also the person that is the best person there to help them the most. Remember that they're having the worst day of their life and you try and give them the resources that they can and recognize that they may not wanna hear it. They may not be in a place where they're ready to hear these are our options for you. They may just may not be at that point and we'll get there, but you just have to be patient with their families. It's crazy how often it seems to come back to empathy and compassion and love when it comes to nursing. I want to know what it's like from a nurse's perspective, having to work in that high stress situation all the time. Do you feel like it is good for you? Like it's something that you thrive in or what is that like? <laughs> you know, I don't know if there's anybody that truly thrives being yelled at all the time, but <laughs> I do think um, the ICU environment, I do feel like I thrive there. You do have to have a very solid foundation in coping mechanisms. And I was a person in nursing school, to be honest, I probably didn't have the best coping mechanisms in the world. And I had to learn and it was kind of a sharp learning curve on that front. But truly, in order to be able to handle these situations where, I mean, we're in an ICU, any ICU you're in, there's always the potential for death. And we're talking about pediatrics here. So pediatric death can be very, very sad and very um, very horrible experience and traumatizing for both the family, but also as a caregiver. Caregiver trauma and PTSD is a huge problem. So you have to remember that as much as we love our patients, you have to, sounds kind of corny, but you have to love yourself and you have to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you won't be doing this for very long. And you just have to remember, like, what is your coping mechanism? For me, mine is food. I love ice cream. I could probably eat every ice cream in this world <laughs> and be 100% happy. <laughs> For other people, it's hiking or mountain biking or skiing, which I don't understand, even though I've lived in Utah my whole life. But there are skiers out there, and that is a great coping mechanism for them. So I think no matter what field of nursing you go into, obviously, ICU, super stressful environment. But you're going to be stressed out no matter what area of nursing you go into. Always make sure you have something that you can withdraw from 
and watch, eat a bowl of ice cream and watch a movie or go hiking or just spend time with your family if that's your thing. Whatever it is, make sure you have a space where you can withdraw and just have a time for yourself because it'll be hard no matter where you go. Yeah, and that kind of leads me to my next question as well, where if I was a student and wanted to work in the pediatric cardiac ICU or the pediatric ICU or an ICU in general, what should I do right now to prepare myself, maybe mentally and emotionally, to do that? We kind of talked about coping mechanisms, making sure um, that you're able to speak to that because I'll be honest that there's a very good chance that would come up in an interview is what are your coping mechanisms? Because the very last thing somebody wants to hear when they're going to hire you is, oh, well, I have no coping mechanisms. And I'm probably the first time I have a patient die, I'm probably just going to quit. Like they put so much money and investment into you as an ICU nurse that um, really make sure that you can protect yourself emotionally. So make sure you have good coping mechanisms in terms of just general things of how to get into the ICU. Um, I tell a lot of nurses, like I was saying earlier, make sure that you have some sort of experience. Occasionally we will hire new grads into our ICU where their only experience was nursing school. But I'd say that's very far and few between. Even our, um, we have really amazing applicants that have great like research experience. If you can get research experience, you don't have to have it, but it's great, especially in a world where we're, a lot of our hospitals are trending towards evidence-based practice and hopefully they all are. But if you wanna go anywhere in, uh, in the field that you are doing, being able to speak to research experience definitely helps. Especially where I'm in a leadership position, my whole position is about evidence-based practice. So having some sort of research experience doesn't hurt. I definitely recommend getting patient care experience. If you can get your capstone in an ICU somewhere or even a step-down ICU, being able to speak to the fact that, hey, I've seen hard things and I can do this, you can invest in me. Those are all great aspects to be able to speak to in an interview and things that they'll definitely ask you. And now, Joanna, after talking a little bit about, I guess, the, the stressful parts and the uh hard parts of being an ICU nurse. I want to know what are the most fulfilling things that you get to do on a daily basis or on a regular basis? Oh, you know, we've talked about, we've talked about how hard families can be, but honestly, they're also the most rewarding part of the job too. I, for example, I helped take care of a patient recently where um, the patient was only partially diagnosed in utero the family knew that the patient would have a small heart defect, but they didn't realize she would have a severe heart defect. And when the baby came out and things started going south and they ended up life-flighting the baby to us and we had to give deliver that bad news, it was really, really hard on the family because they actually they tried for years for this baby and they went through multiple rounds of IVF. And this baby just had a condition that wasn't compatible with life. Um, so the parents made the decision to, that they were going to withdraw on their baby, but they wanted to hold off for about 24 hours so they could let their baby meet their, um, older son, who was a toddler at the time. And being the bedside nurse for that experience, that's one of those experiences where it was a super difficult situation. I can't count how many times I cried that day because the mother was crying in front of me and she needed a hug. And what am I going to do and not hug the lady? 
So I gave her, I was giving her hugs and just trying to do what I could to help make this as, as easy of a decision, no matter what decision they made, it was going to be a hard decision for them. And as their bedside nurse, I wanted to do whatever I could do to make it easier. So we spent the whole day doing memory making with the family. Um, I made some memories for their son that they could take to him. We got the son a little gift from his baby sister. And at the end of the day, I was able to take this very critically sick patient um, outside because of COVID, nobody was allowed to come inside to visit the baby except for the parents. So because the son had never got to meet his baby sister, we got to take this baby, this brand new critically ill baby that truly could have died on at any moment, but we had to try. And we took this baby outside for a couple of hours and let this toddler be able to meet his baby sister and he gave her a kiss and we got pictures. And it was a super sad experience, but at the same time, I knew that this was a memory that this family would take with them forever. And I wanted them, even though the the death of this child was going to be inevitable, unfortunately, I wanted them to have something positive to look back on. So that's, even though that's a really sad experience, that was probably one of my most rewarding moments as a nurse. Um, but on a happier note, there's honestly moments where I take care of a kid that's really, really sick and none of us think they're going to make it. We're just kind of like, oh, how are we going to help the family through this? Maybe it's a neurotrauma kid that came in in the car accident, doesn't look good. And months later, they're walking out of the hospital after a couple months of rehab because we were able to save their life and where anywhere else they would have died. So there are moments like that where you just feel really good about what you do as a nurse and you know that what you're doing makes a difference. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for taking the time to talk to us about your experience in the ICU and um, all the different things you're doing to make the world a better place. Um, We wanted to ask you if there was any way if somebody wanted to reach out to you to talk about your job, to kind of do an informational interview, what's a good way that some of our listeners could reach out and contact you if they wanted? Definitely. I am more than happy to answer any questions um, anybody has or if they're looking for advice more than willing to talk to them. So a good email to reach me at, you can reach me at my work email. That is Joanna, just J-O-A-N-N-A dot Osler, O-S-T-L-E-R at imail.org. And that should reach me at my work email. I check it pretty regularly. So hopefully if anybody reaches out to me, it won't be too long before I can get back to you. Perfect. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Joanna. And I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you. You too. Also, make sure to check out the BYU College of Nursing blog. There you can find different stories about faculty, programs, students, alumni, and everybody in our BYU nursing community. And you can find that at byunursing.wordpress.com. All right. Hello, College Handoff listeners. My name is Emily Felt, and I am a guest host today. I am here with Nancy Gibbs. She's been a public health nurse for over 27 years in the Denver area. She has been a liaison between the health department and adult protective services and child protective services. Um, She provides intervention assessments and teaching to struggling families. How's it going, Nancy? Doing great, thank you. Doing great, awesome, awesome. We're happy to have you here today. So what first inspired you to become a public health nurse? 
Well, I worked in several different areas of nursing, and I decided I wanted to find an area of nursing that allowed me to use a lot of those um, disciplines. And I wanted more flexibility as well with my schedule. So I tried out public health nursing, and I completely fell in love with it from there. There are several different areas that I loved, um, but I found I could use all of my uh, disciplines, and I was constantly learning things all at the same time. So I just absolutely love it. Our listeners are probably really interested in hearing this. What is the difference between a public health nurse and just another nurse in a hospital? So public health nurses generally make home visits. So we get to go into a a patient's home and we get to actually get to know them, see their circumstances, um, know them on a little bit more intimate level than you get to know them in the hospital. Um, The other thing I would say to... uh, The other big difference is we get an opportunity to make a difference in a population as opposed to just a family or an individual. Um, So it's very exciting. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. And I'm sure that comes with its challenges. Um, Could you tell us more about those challenges that you face and how you continue to overcome them? So some of the challenges and uh, some of the exciting parts of being a public health nurse is when you walk into a home, you don't always know what you're going to get. Sometimes I've walked into homes and I've had to call the police. Um, sometimes I've walked in the home and I've had to call the ambulance. Um, and other times I will sit and just listen to a person because they just need somebody to listen to them. And then I will, you know, get them resources and things like that. So I think the, one of the biggest challenges is just learning to be flexible and being ready to act on the fly because you don't know what you're going to encounter in, in each home that you enter. Yeah, that makes sense. I can understand that a lot of challenges would come with that. So what work have you done with the Adult Protective Services? So the health department, we have a special relationship with the Adult Protective Services and the Child Protective Services. So the way our system works is that as a nurse, I would show up to the county meetings and we would look at the most recent calls that were received from people in the community, teachers, nurses, doctors, emergency rooms, neighbors, uh, anyone that had a concern. And when they call a hotline for the state, we would take those, uh, go through those reports. And then as a team, we would decide, will the nurses take this call? Will we go together on this call? Is this call worthy of um, even anyone looking at them? So for example, for adult protective services, back to your question with that, um, if there was an instance where we felt that an adult was in jeopardy or needed someone to look in on them um, and there was a medical concern, I would go with the social worker sometimes and I would assess that person, um, their physical needs, see where they were at, and, and then from there we would decide if, if I would continue seeing them on my own or if um, we needed further intervention, a hospital, um, th- what resources we needed from there. That's awesome. It sounds like you do just like a little bit of everything. Um, Speaking of which, what nursing skills do you feel like you use most frequently? Um, I think in public health nursing, I would say assessment. Learning to assess is the key. As I was saying earlier, when you walk in a door, you have to be able to really look at everything in that home. You have to look at the children that you're not even there to see. You have to look at the spouse that may not even be present, or the boyfriend, or the girlfriend, or the parents, or um, the living situation. You have to assess the mental uh, condition of the 
client. We call them clients rather than patients. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just several things. So set, the assessment tools are key in this area of nursing. That will determine so many things. The, what you can teach the family, what resources you bring to the family, um, often the health of the family when you leave there. Uh, so I would say ass- your assessment tools are the very most important key in public health nursing. That was awesome. Um, why should students consider pursuing a career in public health? Well, I don't think that public health is adequately represented in the college levels, I'll be honest with you. I don't think people understand how completely exciting and um stimulating this area of nursing is. It is so amazing to be able to have the autonomy to go into a family and know that you are the one that they have a connection with to make a difference in their lives. Um, You might be their only link to resources and to help and to solving problems. So I think if you really want to make a difference, and you definitely make a difference in the hospital, but if you want that difference to be um, broader... I would definitely encourage people to go into public health. As I said earlier, you're not just affecting a family and an individual. We're affecting populations. The populations that we represent in in my job are usually low income. Often we have refugees, some homeless, um, uh, spouses who've had domestic violence. It's just a, a very needy slice of the population. And the ability to make a difference with those people is just is amazing. And very rewarding. That sounds so awesome. It sounds like you really get hands-on experience with people who might not otherwise be able to afford healthcare. I think that's awesome. So for someone who wants to pursue this type of nursing, how do you get started? What's the best way to find connections and network? Well, I would begin by contacting your local health department and finding out from that health department what their requirements are. Um, Some health departments would like you to have background in hospital care, um, med surge, something like that. That is usually an important element to take into public health. It depends on the health department. Some are very desperate and will take you as you are and will train you as you go. So I think the first step is to definitely contact your local health department. As a BYU nursing alum, what advice would you give to current nursing students? Well, first of all, I think that you have to keep your mind open, and when you learn about public health in school, realize that is just a tiny little slice that you're seeing there. The real excitement comes in the actual profession. I think it's hard to translate that excitement in a textbook. So if you're sitting there reading through a public health nursing book and you're thinking, wow, this is really boring and dry, Please know that is not what public health nursing is at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Um, It's definitely one of those types of nursing that once you're in, you realize, wow, this is a little hidden treasure. I had no idea how exciting and rewarding this is and how it works so well, too, if you have a family because you're often able to make your own hours um, and make your own appointments. Uh, It's just such an amazing area of nursing. It it really is a hidden treasure that a lot of people don't know about. It will allow you to keep your med medical skills up. It will allow you to keep your your assessment skills will just be refined. You will develop and learn things every single day in public health nursing. You're not limited to one area. You actually cover all areas of healthcare, and it is just a fabulous, exciting 
stimulating area of work. I love that. That's definitely important for our students to understand that um, not everyone has to work in a hospital if they don't want to. They can work wherever. I feel like from what I hear, nursing nurses are needed everywhere. And I think that's one thing I think is so awesome. What is the biggest thing that you took away from the BYU nursing program? I remember one of my professors saying that it's not so much the facts that we learn here, but it's a way of thinking that we learn here. And that is that was the biggest takeaway I had. That's the biggest thing that's helped me in my profession is a way of thinking. It's not about remembering this or remembering that or this little fact or what's this disease called. It's about a way of thinking and being able to assess your clients, being able to look at a whole picture, being able to think of processes and why one thing could affect the next thing. And the way of thinking is the most important thing I think I took away from the College of Nursing here. And I bet a lot of students listening have a lot of questions about the public health industry and um, more ways that they can get involved in it. Do you have any way that they could potentially contact you with questions? I would absolutely love anybody to contact me. I absolutely love this area of nursing. It is so rewarding, so fantastic, so exhilarating. You're constantly learning. Honestly, this is the best area of nursing after working in the hospital. And by the way, I did used to float in the hospital, so I worked a lot of different areas in the hospital. I love public health. If you have any questions, I would love for you to email me at nancygibbs at ymail.com. It's N-A-N-C-Y-G-I-B-B-S at Y, as in B-Y-U, M-A-I-L.com. Well, thank you so much for coming, Nancy. That was awesome. And I know a lot of students will benefit from that. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, as we close the show today, I want to thank Emily, who is a special fill-in host for us today. She writes a ton of the questions we ask the guests and works really hard behind the scenes, and we are so grateful for what she does for the show. Seriously, shout out to Emily. But now I guess thinking about our guests today, I feel like there's kind of a trend being formed a little bit as the episodes go on. It seems like there's this hidden element to nursing in no matter what branch of nursing you get into. It seems like there are certain things that you do in school that forms the ideas of what life is going to be like as a nurse, but it doesn't always end up to be that way. It seems like no matter where you go, there's going to be an experience or there's going to be a learning opportunity that is going to build your mind and kind of push you in ways that you didn't expect to be pushed. And frankly, the only way that you can really understand that is by experiencing it firsthand or hearing it from the source, which is our guests. Yeah, I've totally noticed that as well. Um, everyone listening should know that no matter where you end up as a nurse, there's a reason for it, and you can use your nursing to help other people and enrich their lives. Exactly. Thank you again to Joanna and Nancy for, for being on the show with us this week. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in yet another week. We are so grateful for you all. Go leave us a review, hit that follow button, and have a great day. See y'all.